Welcome to T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. Your host is Jose Negron. We take the guesswork out of technological jargon so that you know what's next, why it's great or not so great, and how you can benefit from it by learning about it early. Now, here is Jose Negron. Good morning, folks. Uh, welcome, everyone. This is your host, Jose Negron, on voiceamerica.com on the Variety Channel, hosting the lead technology show, T3, Today, Tomorrow's Technology, every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time or noon East Coast Time. I just want to thank my audience because uh, a little quick factoid is that we've doubled our international audience and our listening capacity in uh, our viewers uh, in the U.S. I'm very proud of those statistics. We continue to, to outpace and grow every week. A reminder to our audience who are joining us for the first time, the T3 program is an integrated scientific engineer and innovator program that we discuss uh, tech topics for the non-techies to understand. Uh, This is very important because we're trying to bridge that gap between uh, the scientist, the engineer, the innovator with just a layman. And we have a program that focuses on that today. This has been a successful model that we've followed at T3 and it will begin to help us change some of uh, our lifestyle and understand uh, what we should expect in uh, scientific innovation in the future. To keep our audience involved in T3 show, uh, call 866-472-5788 or email me on todaytomorrowstechnologygmail.com. Today's show is kind of fascinating because we're going to have a little roundtable. I've asked a couple of my special guests, uh, of course, uh, Alex Loreno here, my EA, I uh, call her A3, and, uh, and Mr. Dick Ross, a former Navy aviator and system engineer with uh, over 30 years experience. And we really have kind of a, a dichotomy. We have Alex, very j- a young lady in her mid-20s. Uh, uh, Dick is a little older than most of us, and I'm kind of in the middle. So we've got about three generations of folks taking a look at today's subject, a s- It's a summary of science, innovation, and technology, a review of significant events. And the reason this is important is all three of us look at these three words differently. What is science? What is innovation? And what is technology? How has science, innovation, technology improved our lives or impacted our lives? So let's begin with the definitions of these. We'll give you a couple examples and uh, looking forward to our just general discussion. Science, of course, is an enterprise that builds upon organized knowledge in the form of testable explanations and predictions. Science is important not just to new technology inventions or new medicines. Science is the sum of the technology and understanding uh, for us humans. Science is the engine of prosperity. Uh, Most economists say that a third of U.S. economic growth resulted from the basic research from World War II. Cars, trains that we have today, and even our smartphones and our energy that um, uh, take care of our lights and energy needs uh, came from basic research done in the early uh, World War II era. So basic research in science is critical. And uh, the next thing I'd like to bring up is why is innovation so important? Okay, before that, I wanted to add something. While we're bringing that discussion, right, uh, of how science is presented to different generations, 
um, for our generation, I consider myself, I'm, I'm, I'm actually a millennium, so okay. um, we consider that science, it's the way to improve the world, is a universal language for us, really. Um, apart from all the complicated, uh, probably a definition of, of the whole world, science, of course. Um, and the most important thing right now, it's available almost instantaneously. Like everything regarding science for us mm -hmm. can be in your hands right there at the moment. So, right. so science is the basic research that allows you to innovate and then bring those technologies forward. So let's right. not make sure we're not confusing the word science, which is the research right. part of the mm -hmm. of uh, basic research and mm -hmm. technology, to the innovation who is the individual right. like you know, and then the uh, uh, then the technology itself, like the iPhone coming out. You know, so exactly. so let's make sure that we understand that. Uh, uh, when I define innovation, I'm looking at new ideas, new devices, or a new method. Okay, the key to success for any business is to come up with new ideas to keep operating and products and service services that are fresh. If we take a look at Apple today, you know, they've gone from the Mac to the Mac Pro to the various uh, the different iPhone. Exactly, and gadgets like and, iPads or iWatch. Yep. And, and that's all, and that's all part of that uh, magic of innovation. However, we shouldn't confuse innovation with creation or invention or inventions as right. well. So exactly. that's a big difference. They're very similar, but not the same. Exactly. So when I look at technology, so I'm looking at the art and skill, the cunning. Okay, these are principles and process that uh, are more conspicuous in arts. Uh, they uh, apply scientific knowledge for practical purposes, especially in industry. Technology has an important effect on a business. No matter what the size of the enterprise, technology has both tangible and intangible benefits. Technology infrastructure affects the culture. Technology is a reason we can perform life-saving serving uh, surgeries operations. So there's a lot of interesting uh Topics on technology. Yeah, technology could be the medium of innovation for us. Right. Really. So, so you told me a little bit about Millennium uh, or the Millennials. Dick, tell me a little bit about how, how do you see science, innovation, and technology playing in your life? And then give me some spe uh, specific statistics. Okay, on on science, uh, I don't know. Science is just something I was really interested in when I went to elementary school. Okay, and so uh, I tried to figure out what makes the world run. Correct. That's a great way of that, yeah, that, proposing. That's, <laughs> that that's really what got me. And science is not exactly. particularly easy stuff either. No, because with that, in order to have science and to and to do well, what I've got a couple of notes. I'm saying, what is science? It's it's logical cause and effect, hypothesis, proving processes. Hmm. And it requires, science. our science requires engineering and mathematics skills. Okay. Yeah. Observation? Yeah, and, and rational cause and effect observation. It's, it's not what you want it to be, it's what can you prove it to be. Right, and that's, that's I think that's one of the one of the other things that brought me into into the science and getting finally get into uh, uh, systems engineering of sciences uh, was that it's it's very rational. It's not opinion oriented. 
Okay. And how about innovation? Why, why is innovation so important? And especially uh, from your career perspective as a Navy aviator. Well, uh, going back to when I started in uh, aviation, we, uh, we had very few computers and aircraft. Matter of fact, uh, uh, one, of, one of the more technologically advanced planes back in the 1970s was uh, electronic warfare aircraft. And it had a computer in it. That's, I say it was advanced because it had a computer system to actually help run some of the equipment. Well, the computer had less power than your pocket calculator you can buy for $2. Yeah, now, what we're putting into our aircraft and all other kinds of uh, uh, machineries, it's, it's just incredible. We've, we've got computers, rather fast computers, in our pockets, in our smartphones. So it's, uh, it's, it's, to me, it's quite amazing how much we've progress. But again, uh, I look back, it's, this has been a lot of years. I'm talking about 70s and okay, we're about 50 years later. Things are moving. Things are moving and, and yet uh, the discovery of technology, uh, the pace of innovation and just the basic science. I mean, when I go back and look at my, what I studied as science in, in, in high school, college, which I was in uh, very heavy in the sciences, has just uh, kind of double and quadruple and my particular experience when I go to research events and study those. Go ahead. Yeah, I just uh, recently I, I was I was watching some uh, some uh, shows uh, on science on the Science Channel, and it was uh, how do you make these things? Mm-hmm. And uh, I really got drawn to it because uh, my undergraduate was in industrial engineering and industrial technologies. And part of that college uh, curriculum was to expose me to all the different processes for making different kinds of things, such as power technologies for automobiles and aircraft, uh, woodworking, manufacturing technologies, and anyway, various ones. And uh, welding, you, you name it, that building stuff. Uh, what it really what it was about back then. Well, I look at uh, what we have now as far as how do you build things and technologies and all that. We, we talk about robotics and things are quite robotic. Well, even back in the 70s, we had robots. Matter of fact, the U.S. was the uh, premier. They were the, the, the top with the robotics for milling machines for manufacturing. Mm-hmm. Now, they were run by little tapes that you fed into them. Well, nowadays we do the same things, but we do it from a chip that's probably a thousand times more powerful than what was in these old uh, uh, digital machines, if you will, and we build stuff even more efficiently. And it's, uh, it's that's what's kind of surprised me is how... What was done back in the 70s, we're doing the same stuff, but we've got new technologies that allow us to do it faster, quicker, smarter, smarter, and more economic. Right. So when I look at science, it was kind of interesting as I was uh, preparing for the show today. uh, I look at Einstein and his, um, you know, his famous uh, theory on relativity. 
But he wasn't thinking about the GPS in your smartphone when he formulated the theory a hundred years ago. Uh, same thing as uh, how space-time works that helps us measure uh, from one satellite to another satellite to give you the type of accuracy in your maps. Uh, Google Maps, Google uh, Waze computing. So that's just one. The other thing that I find kind of fascinating, Elizabeth Blackburn uh, was a young um, student who wanted to study DNA uh, out of the pond scum in the early 70s. She uh, uh, proceeded to apply for an NIH, NIH grant, uh, received the grant and the funding in 78. And then in 2009, this is 39 years later, uh, she and fellow NIH grantees, uh, Carol Ge uh, Geiger and Jack Solstack won the Nobel Prize. So science is uh, long term. We've got to think about it long term. That's the um, that's the percentage. But do you think it it it, it was a long term before the of all the innovations we have right now in this year? Oh, do you think science will keep up now? And instead of having forty years later, <laughs> um, figuring it out, we'll probably what we're aiming to is to just do that faster because. Time we want to go faster, and that's what you and your age group want to do. But it takes a series of steps. I'll let Dick answer that question because yeah. he's been in it. Science has been around for eons, and I, I find it amazing. Back in the 1800s, 17, 1800s, calculus was invented by some of the great thinkers in Europe. Uh, many of the equations in calculus could not be solved. They were, I mean, we, decades, yeah. they, they were what you call open loop uh, mm -hmm. equations in the calculus. Nowadays, with the amazing processing powers that we have, we can solve equations that were brought up centuries ago. Wow. So science has been around quite a while. As yeah. uh, technology is allowing us to 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 answer many of the science questions that have been around for centuries, where before we just we didn't have the time, and what we had is a piece of a pencil and a piece of paper, and we're trying to sit here and do some mathematics, and yeah. you know you die of old age before you finish <laughs> the problem. Exactly. No, and it's interesting because I've had a, uh, you know, when I needed heavy computational power, I used to go to the high-speed supercomputers, mm -hmm. uh, different locations in the U.S., but the one I was working at was Maui, and today, my iPhone pretty much has almost that capacity, if not exceeds that capacity. Wow. Yeah, yeah, back at, in the very in the late seventies, uh, I, I I was using the large computers. Uh, back then, it was a IBM three hundred and sixty. Uh, but back then, that was pretty much a state of the art. Well, in order to run the equations, the calculus uh, uh, wave propagation equations that I was working, uh, I had to run my stuff off of stacks or on a uh, a keyboard I brought home and. Mm -hmm. Talk to the computer uh, via the telephone, but anyway, I ran. I had to run my uh, uh, my programs in the middle of the night because it ate up the entire computer. Right, right. Now you can do it on an iPhone. So just, just think about what you can or cannot do, and it's kind of interesting to me because you know we. It's, an, it's a statement that's been around for a long, long time that I've heard uh, basic research from World War II has given us a plethora of uh, new inventions, new technology, and new gadgets. In fact, there are statistics that nearly 90% of the top 100 innovations from 1971 to 2006 
identified in the research development magazine came from that from U.S. federal funding. A lot of people complain about U.S. federal funding, but you know when I look at Google and, and that's one Intel that was all started at uh, initial the funding. Yeah. Well, the initial funding internet. out of DARPA, which is yeah. federal funding. So exactly. it's kind of interesting. The uh, the one I we got a couple minutes left, so the human. Uh, Human uh, Genome Project, you know, I get hit because as a project manager of the Grand Challenge, uh, we spent, I keep telling Dr. Tether, we spent, for every dollar government spent, we we got at least four to five dollars. The Genome Project is getting about $141 for every job or each dollar it's spent in growth, at least that's what they estimate. I think our figures for the Grand Challenge is larger than that, but I'm uh, I, I decided to say, you know, four to five dollars. But uh, the real issue is that from a government investment, you're getting payback, and it's very important. The other thing that Congress did in 2007, they uh, they they passed the America Completes Act, which is STEM education, and uh, it is very important to continue that. the The issue that I find is, and I'll ask each of you, are we producing enough engineers in the U.S.? We've got about Two minutes left, Dick. Give you thirty seconds to answer that. And, and STEM, I think it uh, it's come up within the last decade, decade and a half that we came up with that uh, that term, right? Science, right. technology, engineering, and mathematics. Correct. We got to we we've got to have our youngsters learn those things in order to compete in the advancing world. Right. Well, that isn't new. Back when I was going to school in the early 70s, there were very few, you know, the thing is, those particular study areas are difficult. It's a new catchphrase. You got something? Um, Yes. So, there, um, Neil Howey, which is a historian and economist, Mm -hmm. he did a survey and now right now it says, quote, millennials may be on track to emerge as the most educated generation ever. If you see nation's report cards... And the change in scores, millennia have much greater improvement in science and math than in reading and writing. So, I think all it's, those it's a shift. Actually it, it takes it, it takes time. We've got uh, we yeah. over the last uh, ten years, STEM job group growth has been three times faster than non-STEM uh, job Correct. according to the Department of Education. So, folks, we're we're here discussing. Uh, um, uh, science, technology, and innovation. Uh, you know, we're trying to review it in history, uh, take a look at the significant events that impacted our, our world. And uh, we're, I have here Alex uh, and Dick Ross uh, helping me with this roundtable. And we're off to our first commercial break. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. 
Divorce or domestic family issues can take their toll not only on the adults who are party to it, but also to their children. Sometimes separation or divorce are far better solutions than staying around a toxic relationship. Now there's a show that listens and provides solutions. Listen for Reclaiming Your Life with host Don Christensen. In this program, we discuss family crisis issues which can happen to anyone. Divorce with dignity is possible, and working together can achieve wonderful results. Listen Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. What's your coffee story? The one that defines who you truly are in a relaxing setting. It's where you share your memories, plan for the future, and talk about the now. My favorite coffee story is here with host Aniko Samoji. We invite you to listen in and share your coffee stories too. Bring your friends or just stop by as we talk about coffee and the inspiring stories that touch our lives every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, folks. You're listening to T3, our show today, a summary of science, innovation, technology, a review of significant events. I'm here today to, uh, with a round-robin discussion with Alex Loreno, my EA, and Mr. Dick Ross, a 30-plus uh, year Navy aviator and uh and a system of system engineer, uh, heavy in science, and I really have three generations here. Dick's a little older than I am and brings out that uh, engineering perspective. I'm the user of the bunch, and Alex is the novice. And so you get to look at uh, three facets of why technology, innovation, and science is so important. Before we left off, we were talking about uh, science and the importance of that. But let me give you a quick statistics uh, before we continue on. I mean, I'm looking at innovation in biotechnology back in 9299, and we have uh, Korea. Denmark, Australia, Belgium, Sweden, Canada, Norway, United Kingdom, Ireland, France, and the United States. So if I had that correctly, we're down there as far as investment, uh, down uh, past number eight. And I look at uh, just uh, the... uh, the uh, investment in in, in dollars, uh, as far as uh, expenditures on uh, business expenditures, we also have uh, Sweden, Switzerland, Finland, Germany, France, Netherlands, Korea, Ireland, United Kingdom, Norway, Belgium, 
So there's quite a few folks investing, and that's why basic research is so important. Uh, a lot of the growth opportunities that we have here in the United States, uh, you know, everybody's heard about Silicon Valley and, and the social media and the other uh, 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 key, what I call medical inventions, not only IT inventions, but medical inventions and other business practices have come out of there. Uh, China is always nipping on our heels, and we've got that trade war uh, uh, discussion going on. But China has, uh, at, at 2014, uh, invested uh, more or surpassed 28 members of the European Union and could exceed the U.S. a little bit more than half a decade from now. So in 2050, uh, China could be investing in basic research a little bit more than the U.S., uh, from 2014, R&D forecasts by Battelle in the R&D magazine had Japan, Denmark, Finland, Germany, Israel, Sweden already spending greater percentage of their GMP on research than the U.S., and that's according to the World Bank. So it's really important when you hear the discussion about uh, research investment and technology investment and government investment, not only private, but government investment is really critical. This, this is the reason why we come up with these new novel uh, technologies and processes. So I'll turn it over. Let's talk about a little bit about innovations. We haven't really talked about that. So I'll turn the floor over to... Uh, uh, to Alex and let, let's talk about innovation. We talked about the iPhone. I'm sitting here with Dick and you're probably, from an innovation perspective, the social media, probably know the social media, I'm going to say spectrum or or the area of social media better than anybody here at this table. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Dick is a non-user, period. I'm a kind of partial user and you're in 100% and that was, you know, the social media innovation. So why do you think that is? Uh, yeah, so right now, it's, this is something that is very interesting because it's true. Dick doesn't have anything to do, and also he doesn't want anything to do with it. Right. So. He's like, no, leave me out of there. Do not want to get in it. And I cannot understand that. Mm -hmm. The reason mainly is because for me, social media is right now the base of our whole life. Mm -hmm. If you want to get a job, what do you do? You go online, you find reviews, um, you, you see who, who's working there, what reputations they have. Um, if you want to buy something, you also need to be, uh, every, every sign-in, they will do it through Facebook, you can do it through Twitter, or whichever. How do you communicate? How do you get uh, information about politics, economic? Everything is through social media. And you really, uh, lately, been seeing a, a huge boom on it on, on, on marketing and advertising uh, for companies just like we do too for example uh, on the radio show we have a Facebook page we invite you all to go there and, and like our page um, but apart from that it's also a way of communicating with people that you have no idea who's out there that you can still through one thing engage with because if we both like technology or if we both like to share information um there's there, this is a, a great way for actually getting to know each other and expanding our horizon well, alex said that, that that's one of the reasons that i uh, are very uh, reticent 
uh-huh. to adopt social media, a statement you just made, uh-huh. that you get to go get in touch with people that you don't know anything about, and you get to network with the unknown. Correct. I grew up networking with those of like minds and like skills. And social media, you don't know who you're getting. And I, f- I find that to be too risky. And that's why there's, a I, risk. there's too much risk to me. And that's why I don't adopt it. It's true, but it's just the same thing as you when, when you go out to a bar or to a place and you meet people. It's the same interaction. Right now, you do it through your house, I mean, through your computer, sorry, in your house. And after that, you get to know the person. And of course, we all have uh, great uh, skills of knowing who is who or like, mm, this could be nice or not. And you can just part away. Well, you're, you're, I'm, you're right. That, uh, that example of uh, meeting people out in a social setting yeah, and all that is really good. Uh, and sometimes you can get quite deceived, but you have a better chance of sizing up who you're interacting with because you can see them mm-hmm. and you can hopefully read, you can read their now, face. Okay, but read now we do, have, we do have FaceTime, we have Skype. You can actually see people yeah. through. It's just different ways of exactly. communicating. I see well, that. And I understand your point. I, I, I do understand. I, 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 can't, I can't leave this subject without. Uh, out, out where I live uh, in Reno, uh, one, of, one of these shows, uh, there, there's a guy, he's a little irrele- uh, irreverent, if you will, mm-hmm. but uh, he's not too big on uh, social medias, and he calls the social medias Twitface yeah. instead mm-hmm. of Twitter or Facebook or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I'm a big believer, <laughs> you're either a user or a partial user like me. I've got my toe dipped a little bit in the water, yeah, but uh, fully <laughs> I've immersed. I've been trying, I've been it, trying yeah, to so give you all the positive Fully immersed, I, I'm not there quite yet, but it has a lot to do with the security, understanding the like minds, understanding what you want to get out of the social Correct. media connection. Important. And so internally, in our in our in my world, and I'm just going to talk about. Well, I feel comfortable in my world, so reaching out, it's like I I, I get so many emails today <laughs> that I don't need to reach out and get more emails. You know, I've got enough friends, I guess, that I I, I spend a long time answering 300 plus emails. I don't need any more. But let's talk about this. Innovation is not solely represented by new devices, ideas, and methods, but also the process of uncovering new ways to do things. And as Dick likes to go to the bar and meet people, and I know my uh, COO and my company from Avanti Technology like to go to the bars and meet people, she uh, that's how she does it. Where Alex will probably get on a social media page, Facebook or LinkedIn or other uh, uh, devices, and and and, and make that first introduction there so it's, it's quite a, I, I find it fascinating how the two worlds are trying to do the same thing but with different uh, apparatus or devices Correct. or way uh, let's talk about t-sensing and intelligent farming it's a big initiative going on right now uh, talking about um, it's uh, helping the massive impact of the world sensors on the internet of things um, the GPS farming uh, t- uh, is really taking off in uh, Midwestern states uh, the other thing is we work innovative concept of providing entrepreneurs a place to work when they're home, a public library. 
or Starbucks won't do any longer. I know most of our guys from uh, from Avanti Technologies are working on site, and if they're not working on site, they're working from home, and then uh, they go into local offices and share locations. And there's locations in 46 cities. One other one is uh, is of course the. Uh, if you notice, Starbucks doesn't do uh, small, medium, large cups. They have to have a grande or a venti, you know. And half the time when I listen to folks order coffee, I do not understand <laughs> what they're ordering, what they're putting in their coffee, or how they get it back in such a disciplined manner. So that's a different language for me. I just want coffee. But it's interesting. If I turn to Alex, she's all into this. Well, Regarding jobs and, mm-hmm. and and we work, it's 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 something very interesting. Like you said, um, we in our company, for example, we do have that uh, benefit to work from home and our times, etc. And it's something that um, millennials are also looking for because right. we are breaking with traditions in many of uh, in many ways. We wish for more flexibility in our jobs. Um, and this is um, a report from the LA Times mm-hmm. found that most millennials will be willing to turn down a promotion or leave a job altogether in favor of a position that offers flexibility options, such as changeable work hours and long working vacations. Mm-hmm. So, uh, millennials are focusing more into other aspects different from uh, older generations. Um, from all my research, really what they want is a passionate about their jobs. They want to be more out there and enjoy the moment instead of thinking, oh, I need to think about what has what's going to happen 30 years from now. You're not so. looking for your golden watch and then <laughs> go on travel and vacation and leisure. You want to leisure now. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. most of them can't afford it, but uh, that's a besides yes. the point. That's a different but topic. But that's the new thing. That's I think it's okay. Topic. It's okay. You need to refocus. You have dreams. This is a different generation. And, and I think this is mainly uh, uh, all because of our our fathers and grandfathers mm-hmm. you know what they couldn't have they tried to give to us mm-hmm. and that's a different uh, uh, way of living now for example when you were young you were told you need to study you need to study because for example for my family they didn't get the chance to study so mm-hmm. they wanted to provide that for me and I guess that's the result on each of the millennials out there right now mm-hmm. And Dick, uh, as we move towards, uh, we move away from innovation and we move towards technology, you know, technology has an important effect on just about every aspect of our life. Medicine has been a huge uh, winner on uh, technology development. And of course, uh, the advancement I talked about uh, agriculture uh, and food processing. Uh, I talked about engineering and architecture. Uh, architecture, building the robust civil structures. Um, we, uh, we've we talked about uh, just various industries have continued to grow in transportation, communication, and also, uh, as I said, uh, genetics. Uh, just to have the uh, opportunity uh, to uh, really understand your DNA is just, to me, interesting. And we talked a little bit about computers and internet technology, supercomputers, and, and so forth and so on. It, it, it is interesting as we continue. We're at the very beginning. For me, 
I'm at the very beginning of you want to go faster, we will go faster. It's just that it takes one step at a time and the process has to because people are out there, you know, uh, dealing with these challenges. These are challenges. I mean, I just take my own uh uh, example of the autonomous vehicle race from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. Uh, it was 2004. No one had done it. You know, you fast forward 2004, 2014 years later, uh, you know, we've got just about every automobile company, 14 years. So that's that's not 39 years that exactly. we talked about. Exactly. So we're getting it's better. 14 years mm-hmm. is squeezing that uh that uh, that relationship or that mm-hmm. space of time, we're doing it a lot quicker. Uh, space travel is something that we're going to have to really deal with. And I know uh, with the announcement of the new Space Force uh, that is uh, near and dear to my heart as far as what should we do, should we do it, not do it. Those are interesting concepts. But, you know, we're dependent on... Uh, on the satellites, and if you look at the explosion of uh, 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 Earth uh, launching satellites into space, I think it quadruples huh. you know, the number. So if you had 100 space satellites, it's going to be 400 space satellites. And I think a friend of mine told me it's going to be seven times greater in space uh, satellites. So yeah. that's communications, that's uh, meteorology, that's all the kinds. The GPS, everything yeah, that, navigation, that requires. Everything, everything. So that's kind of interesting to me. Dick, uh, as you went through your career, is there something specifically from a technology or a scientific field or innovation that has surprised you? Uh, Yes. Uh, Mainly, go back to what you were talking about, computer and Internet technologies and now the Internet of Things. Mm -hmm. That that has really... uh, it's still starting to it still surprise me. And the reason is I live out in an area where we have this large, this company called Switch. Mm-hmm. They have multi-million square feet server farms. Mm-hmm. This is where these clouds are. Yep. Up, up, that's, that, there's one that size is down in Las Vegas. They're building one up where I am that's 7 million square feet of wow. server farms. Because mm-hmm. People talk about clouds, cloud computing, and do everything with it and all that. Guess what? There's hard mechanical technology behind it. Correct. And that's, on all, that's at all of these server farms. But they're huge. They mm-hmm. are monstrous. It looks like going to the uh, Reno Tahoe Industrial Complex, you look at the Switch campus out there, and... It's almost like you're looking into the future, and even the buildings. It's just incredible. And this stuff, yes, it has surprised me. Well, folks, uh, we've been talking about a summary of uh, science, innovation, technology, a review of significant events. Uh, we've talked about the, the millennials uh, and the baby generation, baby boomers, and uh, the old timers here, and and the various aspects of our own uh, academic disciplines and our own work uh, from um, – from the younger generation, they want to go faster. From an older generation, is we're just trying to get a little slower so time doesn't go so fast. And it's kind of funny as I look at this. Uh, when I invited Alex and Dick to participate in this conversation, I did not realize the, the kind of a three-generation uh, group of folks that we had here, including myself, to discuss this. So, uh, our audience, uh, please, this is a T3 show. Call eight six six four seven two five or email me at todaytomorrowstechnology at gmail.com and we're off to our second commercial break. 
Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. In fitness and health, we all deserve a second chance. Join host Michael Skog for the program, You Only Stronger. You always have the ability to start fresh, even if you slip up on your diet or fitness program. Even small steps taken throughout the day can help. Each show will conclude with weekly assignments that you can use and will want to hear your feedback. You Only Stronger airs live Mondays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Today, Tomorrow's Technologies. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to today, tomorrow's technologies at gmail.com. Now, back to our show. Welcome back, folks, to T3 Show, our third segment. Our discussion today is about a summary of science innovation technology, a review of significant event. Uh, we're having a round table here with uh, Alex Loreno and uh, Mr. Dick Ross, a 30-year-plus uh, Navy aviator. Uh, questions uh, we're trying to answer is what to do uh, in this new world of high technology, quick innovation, rapid innovation, and of course the dynamics of science. Are we going fast enough? Uh, you know, and as we talked about in the previous segment, a lot of the disciplines have been improved. Uh, medicine has improved, agriculture, uh, just our, our normal IT, we see it today, uh, just our basic communication. So a lot of the normal uh, work processes are being aided by uh, scientific research, innovation within that discipline, and as far as uh, the technology that is generated. We were uh, talking a little bit about uh, the social media technology, the users, the non-users, uh, but I'd like to use this segment as we turn towards the future and, and look at, you know, what do we see on the on innovation? Are we going fast enough? Uh, technology fast enough? Uh, science fast enough? Is the U.S. Uh, stepping up to the plate uh, as far as uh, investing, both from a government perspective and a lot of people say, well, the private industry is investing. I've always believed that uh, the comment of not having enough engineers in the U.S. versus China is a, a probably a, a, a true statement, but it depends on how you count for them. And mostly it's a college diploma. Well, I, I can tell you that uh, one of the things that has always surprised me in the U.S. is the ability for our folks to innovate, ability to create new things and new products and, uh, and go on their 
own path. We have a lot of uh, what I call folks in the garages or in the bedrooms or in the attics or in some uh, uh, storage shed that they're working on the next uh, evolution or revolution of new ideas. So uh, those things are coming out. So as I turn to either Dick or Dick, what, what do you see coming up as uh, innovations in the future? Okay. Well, uh, one of the things I'm looking at is uh, continuous uh, artificial intelligence that people are talking about. Robotics has made a big increase. Uh, the uh, the automation of the internet, big data, how we use data and uh, analysis. Our own project of uh, the digital attack surface execution environment uh, has uh, continued to extrapolate. So, also uh, weapon systems, transportation, for example, uh, must. He's building the inner circle, yep. trying to make, you know, America get connected, which is um, something that Europe, which is the old country, mm-hmm. has it really narrowed down. But we, as the new future cars here and there, we don't have. So probably that's something also we need to look forward. Probably uh, more looking into the environmental aspect. So if you take a look at Uber and Lyft, some of those apps Correct. that we to use for transportation, probably, yeah, uh, it's great in the large cities. I understand that. Alex yes. uh, was talking about from Wire Magazine, Alex Allen, uh, talking about how that reduces the congestion in the large cities. Exactly. I just don't see it in a rural America yet. We still have rural no. America. Uh, so the question is, how do we get better in, as far as the transportation? Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that I've noticed more than anything else is, while uh, in AI, artificial intelligence, that's to me, to me, I like to use the word machine to machine or cognitive understanding of uh, patterns and, and, and logic distribution, where we're able to ingest uh, big data and we do it machine to machine and analyzes that and provides us uh, some answers. So that's that for me is really what I'm looking at. I look at robotics. Robotics has increased. And when I look at uh, 2013, in fact, they talk about the uh, driverless car is artificial intelligence, machine integration, big data analysis. All that is coming. And I look at new cars today, you know, coming off the assembly line, the sensors they have, the the um, the what I call the little idiot keys that come on because uh, there's a light on and you need yeah. to do something. You know, all those are supposed to help you uh, live your life a little bit better. So. It's trying to move faster uh, as far as science is concerned. Well, one big area where I think we're moving pretty quickly now that we have uh, a, a broader participation uh, in the commercial area, that is, is into space exploration and space travel. It's really starting to uh to move quick. And I think that uh, in my lifetime, we will see uh, a return to the moon. I was in college when we first went there. And uh, I I believe uh, I agree with Elon Musk's vision uh, about going to Mars. And how are we going to do it? We're going to do it using a lot of the things that Jose just talked about, uh, machine to machine learning, Mm -hmm. yes, artificial intelligence, uh, a lot of the pieces of the old movie by Stanley Kubrick, uh, 2001, yeah. A Space Odyssey, Odyssey. with how the uh, the machine learning super duper computer that got to be kind of mean. I mean, those things are entering the realm of doable. 
Now. Right. Just in the Pew Research Center, National Survey revealed uh, an, an unease uh, about the emerging trend because most Americans, 65% of American adults, think that in 50 years, robots and computers will do much of the current uh, work. And that's oh. always, from a labor perspective, that always worries folks. So if a computer or a robot is taking your job, what am I going to do? How am I going to do? How am I going to support the family? Those are huge uh, uh, questions from a society perspective. The other thing is Brook, uh, the Brooklyn survey found that 49% of the adult online users worry about AI, reducing the personal privacy. One of the things about big government or the big brothers looking at you. And, yeah. I mean, even today after the 9-11, you have cameras just about at every intersection. And mm-hmm. someone's looking at you. Someone's yeah, Everybody's you looking at you. So those, those things are impacting us. Yeah. So as far as science and technology, uh, I believe that continues to develop. We've got, you know, our own, uh, the GE labs. I remember the GE labs. I remember the private industries. I remember going to see, uh, uh, there was an article, General Scantz passed away the, just uh, recently, and, and I used to work for him. And I went to go see at United Technologies, the big lasers, almost, what, that was in the 80s. And it was just one big factory room computer after computer after computer and I, and I look at what we can do with lasers today in one room and I'm going wow that is uh, micro technology at its best uh, we're digitizing uh, the components are getting smaller so you don't need that you look at your you know the iPhone is a marvelous in- instrument or you know any of your smartphone capability uh, now you're introducing your know, smart capability on smart TVs even your smart homes we had programs on smart homes mm-hmm. so that's all there um, through technology stu- uh, students are getting exposed to scientific ideas and concepts that mm-hmm. 30 years ago will have required a visit to a research university or reading a journal um, so it just makes it more accessible and people are a little bit more out there and uh, more willing to uh, just at least get a basic level knowledge mm-hmm. but people are getting more knowledgeable on all these different areas because of technology. Well, here's an area that, uh, and maybe Dick doesn't uh, pertain to that, but in my days, I always liked to read the instruction book. Today, you know, <laughs> I, I see my grandkids just opening up a package and playing Correct. with an s- electronic system, and they've kind of intuitively figured it out mm-hmm. or within minutes, and I'm going, wow, that's pretty amazing. Correct. So it's pretty amazing. No, that's true. And also a little bit more um, intuitive mm-hmm. in that aspect. Or, for example, instead of reading the instructions, I would prefer to go to YouTube and just how to build da 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 da. And uh, I'll just get a visual and easier way to get that learning instead of just going and spending I don't know how much time reading something that it's not really interesting. Right. Good point, but instruction books uh, come in handy when the device you're trying to control uh, is not, quote-unquote, intuitive. If, if it has been designed contrary to the way you're used to doing the kind of function, uh, it, it, you get confused, so you may need to go to a, 
uh, instructional. Or you may go to YouTube. (laughs) Well, I I do that all the time. I I like to work on my cars. Come on, Dick. You know you can't be without it. I've got got way too many vehicles. (laughs) And uh, I like to do, uh, I I used to to be a mechanic going through college for uh, uh, Honda. And uh, I like to to work on things. But it's I do easier. like you. Instead of going in and buying the shop manual, which is what I used to do years ago, I still got the old shop manual from one mm-hmm. of my British sports cars. But uh, now you just go to YouTube. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the ability to reach out and get information. I find it interesting. I, I mean, I have a tremendous library here that I depend on. Correct. I'm a still paper kind of guy. I have not transferred to the digital stage yet, but uh, what's really interesting is how do we move forward? How do we get, um, you know, uh, faster in our mm-hmm. daily life because we want answers rapidly? We want solutions tomorrow mm-hmm. or today is even better. And and sometimes science doesn't work that way, although we're, we're, we are getting better because we are cutting down the number of years that it takes to understand the discipline, and uh, hopefully we can do that as we proceed uh, throughout the time frame, and we'll continue that. We've got a couple minutes left, and uh, so let's keep uh, working. Uh, uh, when I talk about science and technology and innovation, uh, let's look at the future. What are, what are some of the widgets that we're looking at, some of the as- aspects that you've noticed in, in our world that is changing our lives or will change our lives? Uh, For instance, I must say transportation, a different rhythm in work, uh, and then how we get ourselves out there. That will be for me the first. Oh, yes. Uh, I'm thinking of a whole cartoon show, George Jetson. Mm-hmm. Where, as far as transportation, <laughs> yes. Jetsons, yes. I, I, in, the, in the future, I think uh, some individuals will be able to easily afford and get certified to safely fly their own vehicles. Oh, yeah. Going from spot to spot. And it's not that far off. Well, a couple of things are gonna. I'm gonna. I'm expecting to see uh, the UAV unmanned aerial vehicles with uh, UPS or the mm-hmm. uh, uh, packages from Amazon being delivered. I think they did oh, a pizza yeah. test already, where they delivered pizza and a six pack of beer. Uh, <laughs> Uber is working awesome. very hard to get the flying car, just like they have. Correct, the, flying taxis, uh, exactly. Yeah, uh, and, it's and, actually a flying drone. Yes, a big drone. Uh, a large drones where you can get in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have autonomous uh, trucks right now working in the mining industry. They're huge trucks. That's that's happening mm-hmm. as we speak today. Uh, we talked well, about uh, Musk and his ability to and, move and Musk Go is ahead. manufacturing and there's there's a good market for it already. Uh, of course, people know the uh, Tesla cars, and those are fast little cars. You know, electric motors uh, have a lot of torque, mm-hmm. and so they take off very fast. Exactly. But anyway, back to what you were talking about with large vehicles. Elon Musk is, uh, they're building electric trucks and mm-hmm. uh, large semis and things like that. That is going to revolutionize our trucking and transportation infrastructure and uh, okay. mm-hmm. networks. I think. Okay, so let's. We've got a couple of minutes before we uh, terminate the show, and let's recap what we've learned today. Uh, Alex, you've got a couple of things you want. I just to love how we all merge into one goal, and it's just to get better and uh, just keep innovating and. Uh, 
and basically it. All generations go towards that. Yeah, the one I always uh, look back at is uh, the current generation isn't as good as my generation. And I always kind of laugh comically no. because that's not a true statement. No, but no, you're no. going to get there. Uh, no. You're going to get there on. when you get a little older because <laughs> the discipline. Well, you know, it's, it gets back to I walk a mile in the snow yeah. without shoes. Oh, that's, Lord. That's, you know, that's the factoid. No, we'll, I think a you good know. a good marriage between everything It's where we're at right now and, and we need a little bit of all the generations to actually. Okay, work. folks, uh, I, I'd like to thank my audience for listening. Uh, today's show was a summary of science, innovation, and technology, a uh, review of significant events. Uh, we've talked about the uh, communications, satellites. We talked about uh, uh, IT, farming, medicine, uh, all kinds of uh, uh, interesting technologies that are on its way that will change our lifestyle. And I'd like to thank at this time my executive uh, producer, Dee Daniels, and of course, thank my guest here, my executive assistant, uh, Alexander Loreno, and my uh, my guest here, uh, aviation expert, uh, Dick Ross, and uh, system engineer extraordinaire. And I'd like to thank for this discussion when we talked about uh, science innovation and technology and how it's going to impact our society so until the next uh, show thank you and keep listening and we'll see you next week thank you for listening to today tomorrow's technologies we hope you'll join your host jose negron for another exciting program next tuesday at 9 a.m pacific time noon eastern time on the voice america variety channel enjoy the rest of your week